This episode is an engaging personality's first because we're going to have not one, but two guests on the podcast interviewing simultaneously. Uh, so joining us today are the co-founders of Code Crew, a leading email marketing agency out of San Francisco. We have Andre Mar Marin, is CEO of Code Crew and is a serial entrepreneur who has bootstrapped a number of companies. And Alex Malone is chief production officer of Code Crew and with a varied background that includes race car mechanic, construction management. Alex brings a unique perspective to email marketing. So together, their company Code Crew builds sustainable email marketing programs for dozens of brands, boasting a whopping 1300% ROI. I'd like to welcome to the podcast, Alex and Andre. Welcome guys. Welcome to the Engaging Personalities Podcast. I'm Anders Belanger, founder and CEO of Engageify, where we're on a mission to rehumanize business through engagement. We believe that we can all be more successful if we can command attention and deepen connection. So stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest on a future episode. So let's get ready to engage. Thanks so much for yeah, having thanks. us, as well as right. making us sound so much cooler than we are. Well, that's, that's Thank you so much. Yeah. Well, you know, we teach companies on, on engagement skills and sometimes building that authority, right? And pre-framing is important so that people go, what, what's in it for me? Why do I want to listen? So we're going to be covering, you know, various things, but I do want to, you know, dig into uh, email marketing and what you do at Code Crew. But before we do that, can we just rewind a little bit backwards and just how did CoCrew come about? You know, how did you guys um, found the company? Well, like any good love story, it started with a, <laughs> a match of FIFA. Andre whooped my butt. Um, and I guess rewinding ourselves as well. Uh, the two of us actually had been working alongside each other as uh, technical, technical specialists at a larger email and then, you know, eventually marketing agency. Uh, we saw a lot of opportunity to do things as we felt would be better. Um, lo and behold, you know, we got to talking, working together, understanding how the two of us work, um, understanding that there's an opportunity in the market. Also having our third co-founder, who's just a brilliant designer and realizing, hey, we have the skills, the capabilities, the uh, the drive to go ahead and make something that, that would be better. And lo and behold, we're here, oh man, in our sixth year uh, of Code Crew. And we're just, you know, chugging along more and more further and further every single day. It's interesting, you know, that you're an email marketing agency to me because email is not something new. It's been around for a while, uh, almost to the point where, you know, I, 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 it's so it's so commonplace, right? And yeah. so, what was this, you know, opportunity in the market that the two of you spotted? Because to me, I'm kind of thinking same old, same old. But what did you see? Yeah, for sure. I can't really um, cover everything in less than three or five minutes here. It would probably take an entire show focusing solely on this. But, you know, from design, which in the uh, agency world seems to be just drag and drop builders, templatized, everything put together, ideally in, in 15 minutes and now by AI, if possible, all the way down to, again, copy that is usually put together very fast by people that would or wouldn't really be suited to write copy. Oftentimes in big agencies, believe it or not, it's the coordinators that write the copy and make the adjustments. It's the coordinators that design the actual emails in drag and drop builders. And then it's also the coordinators, unfortunately, who use those drag and drop builders to put together 
the quote-unquote code of the email, which obviously results in basically having this hodgepodge of different images uh, uh, basically placed together in a, in a string of images with hyperlinks. And that provides just a horrendous user experience when it comes down to people nowadays utilizing so many different devices and needing that user experience to be customized to them. And so our approach is much different from having actual experts at strategy to experts at copywriting that write that copy to then handing it over to designers that have been doing design their entire life and then having professional coders code those emails fully responsively so that those emails can be the perfect size, the perfect everything on every single device out there. And then obviously there's the whole A-B testing data-driven component of our strategy and everything that we do. So from our point of view, you're right. Same old, same old. Um, but that's also if, you know, the the normal, the, the word normal um, has that kind of norm in, in its uh, formation, right? So Norm never means outperforming. What we've built is mm -hmm. something that can outperform through making sure that everything is dialed into perfection. And having had the experience that Alex was talking about, we've basically both worked in email marketing our entire professional lives, give or take a couple of years. Um, we knew the, uh, the, the opportunities at hand to really optimize an email program. And we also knew where our agency competitors were really lacking in terms of execution. So that's kind of what we went uh, towards. And obviously, I think any team out there, even an internal one, can build a email marketing program. Now, do you think that you can really drive intense results from an email marketing program that's built by non-professionals in a world where every single brand is now sending four, five, six, ten emails right. every single week. Our inboxes are busier and busier. So how do you stand out? How do you yeah. strategize around making sure that you grab more engagement? I, I, it sounds to me, I mean, it is highly specialized, right? Which is one of the, those differentiators. Uh, I, I don't know if some people feel like how I felt, but it's kind of like, yeah, email market, like it's something you got to do. You don't expect a lot out of it. You're like, I'm going to throw stuff at the wall. I'll see what sticks. And if anything sticks, yay for me, right? And so I don't know if that's the attitude others have as well. Um, but obviously you're doing something different. And, uh, and, and when you explain that to me, uh, Andre, it does also kind of speak to uh, one of my other questions was like, yeah, your email marketing, but why do they call you a code crew? But you kind of did touch on that that it is coded for opt optimizing that, that reader experience, I guess. Is that the case? Yeah. So, you know, it, it's just one facet of a perfect or, or pristine email is, you know, that code that's going to be optimized for every single device rather than just saying, hey, we're going to design for it to be mobile optimized. And then it doesn't really work very well on desktop. It doesn't work very well on all devices. You know, we felt like, hey, you know, if we're, if we're going to be doing email, let's do it right. Let's make sure that every single experience is as good as it gets. So even, you know, if you're on the subway, you have bad signal or you, know, you just live in a rural area and uh, the images aren't loading, you'll still see, uh, you know, enough of an email to get the gist of it rather than, you know, if it's sliced together, as Andrew was saying, some other agencies would do, you just get a whole bunch of those funny little broken mm. image uh, visualizations and there you go. You don't know what you're doing. Um, and as far as email itself goes, and just the approach that a lot of people, I guess the mentality that that some companies have is, hey, yeah, you know, it's standard. It's been around for so long. 
Uh, it has been around for a long time, uh, but funnily enough, it hasn't died. And why is that? It's because it's driving a lot of revenue for a lot of companies. It's definitely something worth focusing on. And uh, funnily enough, you know, the newer, smaller companies that we sometimes get the, the opportunity to speak with, they don't quite see or understand that that is the case. And then, you know, we've worked with some giants out there and they understand, hey, email is bringing in the bulk of our revenue. How are we going to, you know, keep pushing the envelope, making it better, improving every single day. And, you know, that's where we kind of step in. Nice. Well, and you're saying, you know, might as well do it right. And you obviously are doing things right. Let's talk a little bit about what other companies out there are doing wrong, right? So what, you know, we, we kind of covered a little bit about how it's pieced together and maybe not optimized. What other things are holding companies back from, you know, being able to reap the rewards of, of email marketing? This is a really loaded question, and I will start at saying that, first off, they don't really spend enough time in the ESP, right? So I would say that unless you have somebody whose sole role in your company is to make sure that they drive email marketing forward, and I, I mean email marketing, I, I didn't say social, I didn't say PPC, I didn't, I didn't say all of these other things. No, email marketing. That means that that person spends their entire day in your ESP of choice or CRM and make sure everything's clicking, everything, everything's working. You would be surprised how many times we've found workflows for really big companies out there that, that were misfiring for sometimes months upon months. And the accrued value that they had missed out on in the meantime was something crazy, like a couple hundred thousand dollars. So that's a real problem that a lot of companies that we work with have. Now, kind of to speak to some of the newer ones or the smaller companies out there, a lot of times they don't really realize the value of segmentation. Or if they do, they, they approach email marketing from the mentality of, have we sent any email out this week? And that's kind of the, the mind frame, right? But when you're asking that, um, you're almost behaving like every single one of your customers is in exactly the same point throughout their life cycle, engaging with your brand. And that couldn't be further from the truth. So there's just so much more that you should be doing segmentation wise as well. Uh, you know, actually, funnily enough, I'm not going to name names or very accurate, uh, accurate products here, but we used to be working with this company. I think we were with them for over three and a half years. They uh, have a product in the outdoor space that uh, used to also cost quite a pretty penny. And let's just say uh, we were selling, I don't know, um, really expensive um, uh, winter jackets. That wasn't the case, but let's just say that, right? How many really expensive winter jackets that does somebody need in a three to five month span? Probably not 15, right? And what we immediately spotted as we were stepping into that account was that they were sending an email to every single one of their subscribers, whether or not they've purchased throughout the last X uh, amount of days, months, whatever, with promotions and all of that, a lot of times actually upsetting customers that have paid retail um, full price Ooh. with a discount yeah. five days later and getting in a lot of hot sauce. Um, so with that whole thing, um, Obviously, when you strategize and build out a, a calendar, you need to think about what are your key segments that you want to target and how do you actually plan on 
meeting everybody's needs while not blowing up your internal team's capacity if you're not working with an agency? And how do you actually guide everybody along their uh, journey throughout, again, interacting with your brand and uh, actually becoming a customer, becoming a VIP, hopefully, if you nurture them well enough? There's a lot of different things that need to be thought out and everything is custom to that one specific brand. This is something that we always stress. Like you could always Google best flow setup for e-commerce stores and that's going to take you from, from A to maybe C, but then all of the rest of the alphabet is left uh, um, unexplored basically and you need to figure those things out and it usually takes a lot of experience to do so. Mm. Yeah, and and... I mean, the way you, when you start just talking about this, I, I start almost getting overwhelmed thinking about it for my business, right? <laughs> and like you said, it is a full-time job for someone to oversee that and the automations and all of that and the segmentation that you were talking about. It sounds to me that like you really have to get in there in terms of the, the data from the CRM or what have you to, to have that kind of, to, to, to be able to curate the relevance, you know, for these emails, um, it seems to be. Uh, do you, when I think CRMs, now I start thinking, do people integrate with something that you have a co-crew? Do you work within their system? How do you, how do you work with companies to kind of bring about these results without, I mean, but still without blowing up their business uh, to, to, to get to it? So one of the things that we actually pride ourselves on is being as flexible as a yoga teacher. We will work in any platform that a client will give us. If it's something that, you know, it's a brand new platform, built just this year. There are a lot of new ones coming out every day. We'll work with it. Um, if it's one that's been around for as long as a decade or more, you know, we, we know it. We, we're, we're, we're proud to say that we're certified in the bulk of the larger platforms out there. Uh, and I mean, even if it's a new platform that we don't know, it's, it's not going to be very different whatsoever to all the other platforms out there as far as how we can contribute and how we can help. So uh, yeah, for every lead, every client that we work with, we always tell them, hey, Tell us what you got. You know, if it's something uh, that we know, you're in luck. If it's something that we don't know, you're still in luck. Wow. Uh, that is pretty flexible because I can imagine that is a lot of headaches for your team when you're working with something that's brand new or working with something that's maybe not the best, right? Like, but you, you I mean, that's, it, it, to rip and replace and work with a new agency would be too much of an ask, I, I imagine. Well, that's not necessarily. So we do sometimes step in and recommend a change. Okay. If we do step into an account and they're just using the most archaic of uh, software that we've ever been into. Uh, and that is sometimes the case, but it's very infrequently the case. And I must say that uh, probably 80% of the platforms that we uh, work in are more than capable to to withstand our our abuse while we try to grow that email marketing program and you know for for the rest of your kind of uh, um quick little snippet on how difficult it can be internally that's also again something that plays into our experience and um having had the ability to understand how fantastic and a couple of different departments with within an agency be for the overall kind of mental health of everybody else. You kind of have these uh, guys that are the last 
uh, line of defense and they deal with the really hard, hard questions and everybody else deals with the actual execution and everybody can can uh, live to uh, to be happy about their workplace and about their lives. And obviously everybody has kind of different expectations from their day-to-day -day lives. And um, I, I feel like we've been able to build a team um, on the tech side of things that is just exquisitely happy to to be dealt really difficult hands don't ask me why um i i didn't really ask them about their experience with their parents and uh any any childhood drama but they love uh being thrown a curveball and just figuring out all of that and coming up with solutions for us and and our clients very good uh i i want to think about talk about a little bit about the types of email marketing that you might do because you've got like i can think off the top of my head i think of like nurture you know, campaigns or, or nurture emails to to kind of warm or soften the ground for for leads that may have opted in or got like the newsletters, that sort of thing. Uh, then I think about kind of market attack campaigns where you're maybe um, going after something that is, um, you know, a, a group of people that is based around a date or something that happened, or maybe they just bought or something like that. What what is the majority of your work and what are you kind of seeing and what am I missing in terms of the different types of email marketing uh, that you do? Uh, so, you know, to touch on something that Andre had said earlier, uh, segmentation is key. Every single person is at a different journey or different step of the journey, different step of the life cycle at any given point in time. So um, that alongside actually another call out of his is that, you know, no two businesses are the same. We have some clients who have a lot of, you know, one-off events. Uh, in fact, that could even be their entire business model, just singular events. Uh, and, you know, we'll, we'll do what it takes. We know those events well. We know that client well. You know, at the onset of any relationship that we have, we do a deep dive into what exactly makes them tick, where there's room for improvement, what they're doing well already, and just, you know, how we can further that. So, uh, you know, as far as that kind of marketing goes, yeah, it's, it's, it's a known quantity. It's something that we can do. Um, and then there's the flip side. We have clients who never have a single event ever. They're just selling products. Uh, sometimes they don't even know when they're going to have promotions. They don't even know when a new product's going to launch. You know, we we always make sure that we're ahead of that. So strategy, proactivity, making sure that you know if there is anything coming up, we're right there to help them uh, and to even you know sometimes lead them <laughs> with their own product launches. You know, we'll go ahead and help that out. So uh, again, just being proactive, I think, is really the uh, the meat and bones of how we're able to help, how an agency is able to help. And, you know, even if you don't have an agency on your side, how you as a business owner or a marketing executive can go ahead and make sure that, you know, the email program, regardless of what type it is, every step of the way, those emails are being served properly. Uh, and us uh, as coach, we're always, you know, right there to make sure that uh, it's uh, it's on point, for lack of a better term. Yeah, and you know, so, to piggyback off of that really sure. fast, because I think a lot of uh, listeners might want an actual example of kind of a, a store or a company that would have X type of build out. So let's take this former client of ours. They used to build kitchen cabinet doors for kind of Ikea um, um, uh, furniture that you would buy and place in, in, in your kitchens. And so with all of that, Immediately, we we started by identifying what are the different types of buyers that they might be having, right? So they might have the professionals that are either designers or flippers or call them what you what you may, and probably different subgroups within that one category. And then the homeowner that may either want to revamp revamp his kitchen uh, 
cabinets or uh, might be in a brand new home and might want to to renovate before they move in and so starting from there you then kind of go okay what does our acquisition channel look like and what does our um our kind of upkeep and nurture channel look like and then on both of those for both of the different typologies that you've identified of users, you then start building out campaigns that can go out regularly. Usually we recommend a cadence that is sufficient to keep the audience, um, you know, attentive and make sure that you don't, you don't uh, get forgotten. But then we also very frequently hear the question of how many campaigns should we send? Only your data can tell you that. So if somebody mm -hmm. from the outside comes and says, send five campaigns a week, it's going to be the way to profitability, call them out. They're full of it and they have, they've got no idea what they're talking about. Um, and now coming back, kind of pulling the idea back, um, hopefully to tie it off. Once you've identified what, how many or what campaigns you're doing on each of those different kind of uh, streams that we've built out or, or branches of a tree, then you also want to find out what type of flows do you want to, to build for those same branches? Because some of the work can be automated. And I think this ties together beautifully with a question that you had asked a bit earlier, which is what do people get wrong, right? And we very frequently step into accounts where they're basically sending, let's just say 50, 70 individual unique campaigns every single month. And as we start digging through that, we identify that probably 45 of them can be batched into flows that can basically take that entire workload off of somebody's shoulders. And mm -hmm. only the five would be left as individual campaigns to send on a monthly. So a lot of times it boils down to proper strategy and properly looking at things from a bird's eye view and understanding, okay, these items are, are things that we really need to uh, kind of have automized and make sure that um, they're flowing without our inter our interaction and our constant uh, build. And then these other things are the things that we're actually going to be focusing on that will drive more, uh, more acquisition, acquisition maybe, or they will drive different sides of the business. And again, uh, tying it back to what Alex was saying, that every single business just has complete different needs. And that's why we're not ever um, of the idea of templatizing any, any build. -outs. Right. No hard and fast rules in that case, because I, I do like that thing that you said, uh, Andre, about, you know, how much is too, like your your data, your audience will tell you when they start unsubscribing because it's like crazy because you're like, whoa, I'm overwhelmed. Yeah, that's too much, right? Uh, so, you know, some of our listeners, you know, because we work a lot in trade show marketing and people are following up on leads. People are um, trying to, you know, again, nurture. I And I don't want to, this might be a loaded question. I don't want to bring this down to like, you got any hacks for our listeners? But I, I do want to ask that because I understand it is, there's so much more involved, you know, in terms of the specialization and making the relevance so, so on point. But what, what is kind of working these days to get sure. people to open to read that kind of thing? I'm, I'm curious. I just have to ask. I'm sorry. I'll throw this to Alex in a second, but you know, I want to start off by saying that we very frequently work with companies who go to trade shows and then come back with lists of sometimes, you know, five, 10K subscribers and they go like, 
oh my god i've got gold here let's monetize it let's let's get you know a uh, hundred dollars per person aov and uh we are set for this quarter's uh, uh uh revenue targets and it doesn't really work like that you need to understand first off that these guys that you've just come home with um they're called leads uh even if you've spoken to them for 30 minutes they still qualify as cold leads and the likelihood of them um, recognizing who you are as a brand when they receive that first email from you uh, is pretty slim. So they're going to receive that first email. They're going to see a logo that they don't necessarily recognize. They're going to see a name. If you, especially if you have like a lot of brands nowadays are using first name of the founder or of the, um, I don't know, CEO or whatever the case may be as the from name of the email. And, you know, you see an email in your inbox from Andre Marin. Uh, the logo is Code Crew. And sure, you've spoken to probably 10, 15 guys at a trade show a couple of weeks ago in during a weekend, but um, then probably had a couple of beers uh, that evening as well. And everything is kind of fuzzy in your memory. So you need to understand those guys are cold. Warm them mm -hmm. up. Don't expect them to pick up the phone immediately and go like, Andre, it was amazing talking to you. Let's re reconnect sometimes. It's probably not going to happen. So make sure that you are uh, pretending that those guys are brand new and you need to sell them on your value prop again. That would be my uh, my kind of hot take, quote unquote. But I know that Alex is going to have at least a couple of other better ones or a very big boss coming his way, either or. Man, what a good hack. No, um, no, honestly, to, to Andre's point, you know, we, we have some clients who do go to these trade shows. They do end up getting lists uh, and they they expect, hey, we're just going to send them one email. We're going to get a sale. No, that's not how it works. You really need to warm them up again. You need to make sure that they uh, go through a welcome flow. But more than just, you know, the standard welcome flow of saying, hey, I have this list. I'm going to throw them into the ESP. Hope for the best. No, you need to tailor it to, you know, where you met them, provide them some background and, you know, how you even know them. Uh, rebuild that relationship, establish the the rapport again, just so uh, you know you don't come across as hey, just why do I have this random email in my inbox? Oh, that's right, I talked to this guy before I had those few beers at the hotel that you know I, I shared with Andre. So uh, no, it, 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 the these contacts are new. Essentially, you need to make sure that they're treated properly, respectfully. You know, the first message should give them some insight into you know why you're messaging them, messaging them. Uh, what value you have to add to them and then, you know, continue that process, continue to warm them up and, you know, treat it as just, again, a new, uh, a new contact in that funnel that needs to be narrowed down to the sale. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, the, what comes to mind when, when you were talking about this for me is something like, and I don't, I forget the number, but it's something like you need to see something seven times before you've seen it once, right? This idea that even though you had that conversation with them, it's not registering until, you know, you remind them enough, right? Um, so, you know, this, another thing that came up for me just when we were talking about this, have you, are you guys familiar with Dean Jackson's nine word email? You ever heard that? No, he's Dean Jackson. He, he invented um, squeeze pages back when that became a thing, right? For opt-ins. And his nine word email was, and it varies from whatever it is, but you take a bunch of cold, cold leads and all you do is you write, you know, are you still interested in whatever your value proposition is? Ideally, only nine words. And then you put your name, but you don't like do anything else. It's just, just words, right? And, and it's always so counterintuitive to me because it's like, it's so unfancy. 
And sometimes that's how it is with direct response marketing. Think unfancy works. What, what's, what's your experience in terms of responsiveness to, to certain emails? Is it, does, is it form and function or, you know, does it, does it a combination of the both? Yeah. So, so I need to preface ahead, this Patrick. with saying that we actually are email marketing experts on the um, kind of organically generated email contacts that come to your brand subscribe mm -hmm. we we get them to subscribe and then they know who you are so you don't necessarily need to whip out a nine uh word reply to them all contrary i would say we would probably want to make sure that we are sending them um a lot more info and to, to alex's earlier point nurture them properly uh, but then I know what Alex is going to say, and it's going to be about A-B testing, and I'm going to let him say that because, you know, A-B testing, uh, it's what it is. Uh, Dre, you know, you know me too well, except the fact that I had to crack a joke first. Uh, we have a minimum of 10 words per email. I don't think we can do nine. Bad jokes aside, um, <laughs> and testing is where it's at. Um, so actually, one of our first clients many, many, many years ago, uh, this will be a fun example. Um we were we were having a debate with them for over the course of a few months as far as you know what's going to work best longer content shorter content they were mm -hmm. dead set on longer content being best you know it, it was a very engaged brand their customers had loved them to pieces it's you know one of the biggest in a very niche area uh we were convinced no short is going to be better to dean jackson's point um you know it's going to be more info right away exactly what they're looking for not as much storytelling uh and we had to test it we, at the end of the day, we just figured out there's no better way to prove if we're right, if we're wrong, if we can learn something or if they can learn something and then, you know, get a, an actual takeaway from there. Uh, in the end, they were right. Longer content did work out better for for that specific program. We added our words, you know, it, it proved to us all the more that A-B testing is just that valuable. Um, that being said, you know, to, to Andre's point, we're more on the organic side, you know, the warmer leads, the, the more of the marketing aspect than the cult sales. Um, but that isn't to say that we don't get a bunch of cold sales emails in our inbox by the day. Um, and I'd personally say that no, shorter doesn't always work best. Neither does longer. It really comes down to, yeah. you know, the mood during that day. Uh, and that's another area where, where AB testing can help, you know, based on the subject or on the length versus the day of the week. Sometimes, you know, if I'm going to get a long email on Friday, I'm probably not going to read it. If I get a short one, I will. If it's on a Monday, maybe the the inverse is true. So, again, it all just wow. boils down to testing uh, yeah. mentality of the the consumer. Everyone's in a different spot at the time that they open as well. So, uh, really, there there's no quick and simple answer. It's just iterating tests over and over until you get some yeah. sort of trend data that you can leverage. Exactly. Maybe. And you know, something else that I was thinking through as Alex was explaining is, I think the beauty of the digital world is that we are in an insanely global world. You could receive a cold email from Pakistan, one from South Africa and one from Argentina within a three minute span. Uh, and they might all be in English or they might all be in whatever other language out there. So what I would say is think about how much competition for, for really uh, just brain matter uh, there is out there every single minute there's probably millions of cold emails being sent out and quite a few millions of branded emails to to market marketing emails to subscribers being sent out as well so you know if you do get that open which you know i think from a data point of view we sometimes look into those opens um 
oh my God, the subject line wasn't good enough or the time wasn't good enough or this or that wasn't good enough. When to Alex's point, I think sometimes it's just, it's just down to kind of um, lady luck. And did we actually hit that person's inbox when they had some time to spare? Did, uh, mm -hmm. did they feel really bad that day and didn't really feel like opening our email in the first place? And it went directly to spam or trash without uh, a second thought. So there's a lot that goes behind it, but to wrap it up, basically, would you want somebody that finally gives you those three, five, 10 seconds to open that email up and see who you are and what you have to say to them? Do you want those guys to read? Are you still interested in email marketing? Because I wouldn't ever send an email like that. I think that would be such a low effort uh, and poorly representative of our skill sets. Sure, sure. And the A-B testing and what, what you're saying here makes a lot of sense because I think in marketing, there's a lot of things that happen that are counterintuitive, right? Like you can kind of think it's going to be one thing. One of, one of the examples, my mentor, uh, he, did a, he had a, a page where he had a video, you know, kind of sales letter, if you will, and he talks about, you know, opt-in and he was pointing down, but when they designed the site, the opt-in was actually above or beside or wherever it was. So he looked like an idiot, you know, because he doesn't know where the opt-in form is in the video, right? But it's pre-recorded, obviously. Uh, so they fixed it. And what, what happened? The opt-in rates went down. And it was this kind of thing, like, because he was wrong, whether, like, trying to explain this, like, people kind of going like, oh, the poor guy doesn't know where his opt-in form is, I'll opt-in. <laughs> like, I don't know if that's the mentality, but it, you just don't know. So you got to test, right? So that's what you're saying. Now, there's something I want to ask you about in terms of the metrics, the, you know, analyzing the data in terms of opens, clicks, that sort of thing, because there's something I've noticed over the last, I don't know, year or two of, and I think it's, you know, security software, these fake clicks and these fake opens that you really can't gauge a lead in, you can't gauge the lead engagement, you know, based off of some of this, you know, some of these weird like robot clicks or whatever it is. How are you guys dealing with that in terms of, you know, passing on those insights to your customers and, and making them accurate, I guess. So there are some secret sauces. Uh, we're not going to go too in depth as to, you know, how exactly we pass this uh, proprietary information along to clients, uh, you know, to ensure that those clicks are, or opens are being tracked properly. But uh you know, if, if you invest in Apple, you probably love them. Uh, if you're in marketing, you probably don't. Uh, a few years ago, actually, I, I believe it was September 2021, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe 2022, honestly, time doesn't make sense sometimes. Um, they decide to, you know, enhance privacy for for their customers, which is fantastic. As, as a customer, you know, I have an Apple iPhone. I, I, I'm i glad that they do. Uh, as a marketer, you know, they've made it a little bit more difficult for us to understand exactly what is an open and what isn't. Uh, they have privacy relays in place. Firefox does as well. And a lot of these companies that really truly care about the, the end customer are putting these types of uh, processes and just functions in action. So uh, as a marketer, yeah, there are ways around it. Um, for our clients, we we make sure that you know we implement those right as soon as we, we onboard with them, just so we do actually have more congruent data. Um, that being said, uh, again, there's a bit of secret sauce uh, as to the exact details behind that. But uh, yeah, it, it um, it's difficult if you don't know what what you're doing, and if you are, you know, just the standard com company out there, e-commerce, what have you, and you're trying to gauge all this data, uh, unfortunately, do it with a bit of a grain of salt, uh, especially when it comes with comes to opens, just for the fact that you know there are going to be these bots at play. That being said, that's just one arm of the whole bot 
situation, mm-hmm. there's the other mm-hmm. actual bots, you know, who may be signing up on your site. Um, and mass either, you know, they're trying to shut your site down by just overloading it. You know, there could be many you know, malicious activities behind that. Um, that being said, that's been around for many, many, many more years than the Apple situation. Um, as far as that's concerned, you know, I, I'd always recommend to speak with a developer who, you know, understands what's going on. It's oftentimes pretty commonplace what, what we're seeing in, in that regard. Um, there are things you can do on the back end as well, as far as segmentation is concerned, to make sure that, you know, these these contacts don't get into your email program and dra- drag the metrics down even more. Uh, oftentimes there is some aligning factor between those bots. You know, it could be, well, I mean, we we actually saw an instance where all of them had an email address with some profanity in it. You know, we we begun to understand which terms in particular were being included and then we we're able to suppress them. So um, that's a bit of a long answer to a short question. Uh, in the end, uh, you know, you know, there there's a lot you can do just uh, rather than trying to tackle it yourself. I'd probably recommend touching base with some experts just because, you know, there's there's a lot that can be done. There's a lot. Perfect. Sub, perfect segue. Perfect segue there, uh, Alex, because it's I just want to say. If people wanted to reach out, if they want to get this specialized, because obviously it's not the whole, you know, throw out an email, see if we get a bite, you know, kind of thing happening. So much more strategy involved. Uh, what's the best way that people can reach out to uh, to Cocrew? Uh, so we have a website. Uh, we're 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 computer literate. Uh, our website is codecrew.us. Uh, that's c o d e c r e w dot us. Uh, we have a contact form there. You can also reach out to us at crew at codecrew.us and you'll get, you know, a bit of a generic reply, but we'll get back to you personally as well. Don't worry. Uh, we're on socials. Uh, I unfortunately forget all of them at the moment. Dre might remember nice. a few. Simply go, go to the website it. and either reach there out to us or you're going to find all the socials and everything that you need, as well as case studies, as well as uh, video testimonials and all the goodies to make sure that we are actually backed up by by true stats when we say that we've been uh, uh, kicking butt when it comes down to so many different email programs throughout the years. Awesome. So great that you guys could, uh, both both of you, join us on the podcast. And by the way, you guys did a great job of taking turns answering questions because I was I was worried <laughs> about that. I didn't want to favor one over the other. So uh, I thank you, uh, both of you, for for coming on and, and talking about uh, email marketing. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks all for right. having us. Thanks, guys. And to all of our listeners, thank you so much for tuning in once again. And until next time, you know what to do. Stay engaged. Thank you so much for listening to Engaging Personalities. If you believe this world needs more engagement and you're an industry leader or you have an interesting take on rehumanizing business, go to go.engageify.ai slash podcast hyphen guest to apply and come on the show. If you got something out of this interview, do you mind sharing it on your social media? Just grab a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show. Include the hashtag engaging personalities. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content to make sure you don't miss any episode. Go ahead and subscribe your thumbs up ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to our website, engageify.ai or follow me on LinkedIn. Thanks for listening and stay engaged. Thank you.